Many individuals try to find success on a daily basis. But what defines this success? Where does it come from? When you find a passion in your life and pursue this passion, everything can come together to form success. This is Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. Our guests will motivate you to take the next step to your success. Now, here's your host, David Wallach. Good morning, y'all, and welcome to our weekly episode of Taking Care of Business. I think this is the first time I have a guest that, at least to our, according to our research, uh, was never an, an entrepreneur. However, uh, as far as I know, he's married to one, but he's here not because of being married to an entrepreneur. He's, married, he's here just because of what he's doing for a living. My guest today went from uh, private employment in the private sector to local politics. And my guest today, this wonderful Calgary morning, yeah, plus nine. Oh, wow, we are celebrating. <laughs> is Councillor Ward 8, City of Calgary, Mr. Evan Woolley. Good morning, Evan. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for being a guest here this morning. And uh, we're going to ask some tough questions, you know, being a councillor. Um, and um, are you ready to answer, not like a politician, but a true citizen of Calgary? I'm the anti-politician politician, <laughs> so look, looking forward to some good questions. I see. Um, you know, this is your sec- second term as a counselor. And I assume that by now you already know that we all, everybody in Calgary, has a very strong opinion how to run the city. It's true. And uh, we're going to discuss that. <laughs> and uh, we're have, going to have fun about that. <laughs> I promise you that. I did promise you we're going to have fun. So before I start grilling you with some questions about the city and about council and about, uh, you know, minor items like Olympics, secondary suites and, and other stuff, um, let's uh, get a little bit personal. Let's uh, help our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Who's the person behind the counselor? You know, counselor is a, is a, is a nice uh, a title, but there's a person behind every counselor. There is. So you're a native Calgarian. I, I am. I was born at the Holy Cross Hospital in 1980. Which doesn't exist anymore? It as doesn't a, exist in the form that it was when I was born in it. I see. <laughs> uh, was, is that a result from you being born there? <laughs> they closed it? It was a disaster. <laughs> I see. Uh, so what do you remember from, you know, 1980, Calgary was about half a million people. 500,000 people. Yeah. Today, Calgary is over a million and a quarter, or around a million and a yeah, quarter. Yeah, 1.3. So... As a, as a native Calgarian, what are the some some of the childhood memories you have from those days yeah. when it was a small town? So my family moved to Calgary in 1978. It was the big boom. Um, uh, everything was going incredibly well. They built a house in Riverbend, which at the time I think it was the third house built in Riverbend, which is now almost considered inner city. Where, where did they move from? They moved from Vancouver. Um, small business owners in Vancouver, things were really wonderful here in Calgary, things in Vancouver were less good, um, came to Calgary to pursue opportunity like many Calgarians did. We are a, we are a, a city of immigrants and, right. and, and a new young city and so uh, they came here, uh, many remember um, the crisis in 80 uh, and they lost the house and the marriage in 1981. Is it the crisis that has the same kind of last name for the Prime Minister? 
it it is it is it is it is associated. I mean, uh, you know, part of it was the collapse of oil prices. Part of it was uh, the national energy the national program. program and some of the some of the federal policy that uh, definitely didn't help. The, the, all the Mr. Trudeau Senior. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so your parents are moving here, and you get you're born here. Born here, uh, grew up here, went to school. I have, I mean, I have super fond memories, and grew up very working class in the southeast. Um, my mom owned a daycare center in the foothills industrial park. My dad was an entrepreneur. Um, the neighborhood that I grew up in was a pretty rough neighborhood, and so uh, when I was about eight or nine, uh, we moved to Elbow Park. Uh, great schools. I went to Western Canada High School, which is, uh, uh, I think, our best high school in the city. Um, and, uh, and, and and you're very objective about it. Very, <laughs> very objective. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I had the opportunity uh, a year ago to give the convocation speech uh, at my alma mater high school. And it was, uh, it was incredible in both that I, I see myself as a young politician, but uh, the kids sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were born in the 80s, you are a young politician, I can tell you that. So growing up, you mentioned uh, Riverbend, you mentioned Elbow Park. What kind of kid were you? Were you active, like with sports? What did you do? Yeah, I mean, I played... I, Computers I, were not big at that time. I remember my first... I actually saw uh, the Apple IIe was my first computer, and I saw it in a museum uh, the <laughs> other day. But I grew up like, I grew up like most kids did. Um, Middle class again. Calgary was a city of great opportunity, and uh, I had a, I had two sisters and a brother. Uh, we had a wonderful upbringing. Um, I had many opportunities that again I feel really really lucky uh, to have had that that many kids in many parts of the world don't. Did you play any sports? I did. I played soccer growing up. Oh really? Yeah. That was not big in North America in it, the 80s. It wasn't, and in fact, uh, just last year in Calgary, and this is a hockey city, but just last year in Calgary, uh, soccer registrations for the first time were higher than hockey registrations. And do you contribute it to the weather or because it's cheaper than hockey? The costs of hockey for a lot of families, and again, uh, seeing so much immigration over the last many, many decades uh, from different parts of the, of the world, uh, soccer, is a, uh, soccer is the most popular sport in the world. And who's your that, team? Who's my soccer team? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, By the way, it's called football in yes, the world. In the yes. world. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't have a favorite team now, but uh, I, I still consider myself a hockey, a hockey kid. <laughs> but did you support uh, Toronto when they won uh, the uh, MLS last year? I did, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not common for Calgarians no, to support no. Toronto. <laughs> um, and you mentioned that your parents were entrepreneurs and your wife is an entrepreneur. So what happened to you? Yeah, are you the black sheep? What? I, you know, it's funny. I, I, my sisters are both teachers, but um, it was it was a part of my, actually my mom's entrepreneurship came from the fact that uh, she separated from my dad, had four kids, and needed to raise the family, and so opening a daycare uh, in the southeast was uh, was a was an opportunity for her as a single mom uh, to make it work and make money. Um, I have entrepreneurial roots. Even within me, even though I'm a politician, I consider myself a, a political entrepreneur oh, wow. of some sorts. But oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> and um, so you finish uh, or you graduate from uh, Western and then what? Graduated from Western High uh, School, Western Canada High School. Um, I went uh, traveling like most millennials my age, went and traveled around the world, tromped around, backpacking through Europe, Southeast Asia. Uh, came back. Um, where, where did you get the money from? I, I, you know what? I grew, I grew up. Hard, I grew up in. A, I had a job since I was nine years old. What did my, you do? My very first job 
was peeling potatoes on a burger bus uh, in the southeast. Um, the one on 42nd? 46? It, it was called Jackie's Burger Bus. It doesn't exist anymore, but uh, I did that for two summers when I was, I must have been 11, 10 or 11 uh, for those summers. So I, I grew up having jobs my whole entire life uh, through school. So, Did you have a job or so you, did you employ other people and made money out of them? No, I, 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 I was a worker, I guess, for, mo for, mo for most of my career. Um, But you know, you know, I'm trying to think of. I had, I, I was involved in uh, uh, initially in, a, in the launch of a film company. Uh, I ran a lawn mowing business. I guess I was an entrepreneur. I shoveled walks on my own my whole life growing up until I guess I, I entered the workforce. Um, but have obvious, obviously been um, been active in a whole bunch of different civic kind of ways that were entrepreneurial. So you backpack and you travel uh, through the world. And backpack, traveled through the world. I moved out. Uh, then I went to university where I studied uh, international relations. My kind of dream was to be, uh, I wanted to be a diplomat. Uh, I was always really enamored with uh, the Foreign Service. Um, when I was going through university, uh, there was a whole bunch uh, of activity happening around the United Nations, uh, a whole bunch of interesting things happening in world politics. And that kind of was a driver to me. I went upon graduating uh, university, met, met a lot of people, and it was a tough life being a diplomat. You're back and forth all over the world, and I kind of was drawn back to come to Calgary. There's, there's not a lot of foreign service work uh, in, in Calgary. Which university did you attend? I went to Carleton University in Ottawa. I see. Um, and that's just because they had the subject, or you wanted to get a little bit out of the, uh, you know, under yeah. mama's uh, apron? Uh, get out of mama's apron. Uh, it was a really, uh, Carleton University had a very good international relations program, right? That was the kind of the center of uh, the federal government is in the capital. Um, it's a, it was a really, really good school. Uh, and so I, I, I applied to McGill, U of T, Dalhousie, and Carleton. I didn't get into U of T or, Dal or uh, McGill got in, and, I, and I made a decision to come to Ottawa or go to Ottawa. And um, so you graduate. Uh, by the way, how were the four years at school? It was amazing. I mean, my, my kind of first touch point in politics was uh, I got a, a summer research job in the Senate. Um, and kind of I, I was there when John Chrétien was on his way out and Paul Martin was on his way in. And so I had the opportunity to kind of see federal politics for the first time. Uh, I worked in the East Block on Parliament Hill. It was very, very fascinating work. I worked for a Senator Ross Fitzpatrick, who was a businessman um, from British Columbia. Um, got some really uh, incredible experience doing that. Um, but at the same time, saw that um, that kind of nastier side of politics. When, when, when Christian was on his way out and Martin was on his way in, um, there were some big internal Uh, political fights happening in the federal liberals. I see. Time. And you were just watching? And I was watching and, you know, I was interested in public public policy, interested in that foreign service work, but not interested in, in kind of the, the, uh, the, the, the nastiness that I saw in, in, that, uh, in that transition between those, those two leaders. Everybody was sharpening their elbows. Oh, it was. Uh, I, it was. It was not super fun. It was not super <laughs> fun. It was not inspiring as a as a as a twenty three year old. Um, and so I actually ended up moving out to Vancouver, and I worked in the film business for uh, three years in Vancouver. Which that's following your graduation from. Following uh, my graduation from university, I moved out to Vancouver on the west coast. Uh, I worked in advertising production on the production side, um, and uh, got some experience in there. 
So that job you got had nothing to do with what you study. It was just to get a job or you just decided, you know what, I'm not built to this uh, politics, uh, the, the big politics. No, you know, I mean, I think like like many people in my generation, you know, I think not 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 to age you, uh, David, Thanks. but but uh, but there there was there's more of a move in my generation to try a whole bunch of different to, to work in a whole bunch of different fields. And um, given given that I was even someone naturally who sought opportunities in a bunch of different things. I, I loved learning. I loved trying new things. Uh, I, it, it was a draw, and I, got, I had a job opportunity. I see. So you, you spent three years in Vancouver, and, and when did you come back to Calgary? Came back to Calgary. In, and why? Um, I came back. I Vancouver winters are uh, abhorrent. It's funny. Everybody kind of uh, 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 slags on Calgary winters, but it might be really cold here, but it's always sunny. Yeah. And Vancouver winters are quite the opposite. Uh, Vancouver summers are cloudy. Yeah, and so I, it was a, it was a natural drawback to Calgary um, in 07, 08. Things were booming. Yeah, things were booming in Calgary, and I came back, um, got a job in the energy sector, like everybody else. Yeah. Um, going back to, for a second, or touching on your wife' business, are you involved in? Your wife's business? Does she bring business home when she comes home at night? No. So, so just for your listeners, my wife uh, is a composer um, and is a part and is is an owner of an audio house, so a recording studio in Calgary, uh, a very successful uh, business. That I mean, her bread and butter is writing writing jingles for radio and television commercials. But uh, it's that. It's that kind of fine balance. She's got a master's in music composition, but also runs a very, very successful business in the Beltline. And how does it feel to get to be married to an entrepreneur? It keeps me on my toes. <laughs> it keeps me on my toes. It's 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 funny. We've uh, we there's been conversations with you know political wives. My wife is not the normal political wife, as it were. Uh, uh, she works longer hours than I do. I see. So. And, but she gives you kind of advice how to run the city because as an entrepreneur, we're mad with this and that and this and that. <laughs> I, I, get, uh, I get the same complaints sometimes about taxes and, and bureaucracy from her as I do from my constituents. There's nothing better than pillow talk. <laughs> so, you know, you come back, you get to the industry, the, the energy industry, which is the biggest industry in our city and our province. Yeah. And, you know, you make good salaries if you advance in this industry. And it's it's an industry that carries us as, as a province. What made you move to politics? What made you move to local politics? Is that bug that you had before when going to university kind of woke up again? Yeah, you know, I mean... I don't know what was it your family, but many families, politics is a conversation at the dinner table, and public service. Oh, are you kidding me? In Israel, it's yeah, it's, a, it's, a it's dinner table, the breakfast table. Yeah, it's at work. <laughs> and it was it was it was a conversation at my family dinner table, and um, public service was a, was something that was important to my family and to my upbringing. So I mean, I was always uh, um, I was involved in food drives when I was a kid and river cleanups and. Um, even even while I was working in the energy sector, I was also involved in my own community association. Um, I was involved in Sled Island Music Festival, which is in uh, a music festival in Calgary. I was involved in the launching of that. Um, I was always just really interested in it. You know, sometimes we have the day-to-day -day job that we do, uh, but public service was always something that I was keen keen to participate in, and uh, and. 
So basically what you're saying is even though you worked in marketing and film industry and energy, the bug never left you. The bug was always there. It was yeah. just, you know, it took a break for a few years. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, I've always been interested in, uh, in, in, in the power of change and um, politics is a, is a way that it has great capacity for change, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes for good and sometimes less so. But uh it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I I have talked to many people. Who, I introduce myself as a city councilor. A lot of people don't even know what that is. So sometimes when you introduce yourself, I'm a I'm a local politician. It gets a very interesting reaction from people, <laughs> right? And it's and it's a disappointing thing that uh, that it can't have a better reaction when you do your introduce yourself as one. I see. Um, one last question before we have to take your first commercial break. Yeah. How many naysayers were there around you when you said, I'm going to local politics? Uh, well, I remember telling, I remember mentioning it to my future father-in-law. <laughs> uh, you know, there, there, it's a lot of work to get elected. Yeah. Um, we ran against uh, an incumbent uh, who had lots more money and lots more name recognition. Uh, there, it's, it's not an easy conversation to have. There were some naysayers, but again, I was involved with a group of people in an inner city neighborhood who were keen to do that. And uh, so some, but not a lot, actually. I see. And your father-in-law, your future father-in-law at the time, was he trying to convince his daughter, maybe we should take another? <laughs> well, he's like, who is, who, who is, this, who is this guy, this, this young, like long shot political candidate? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Evan, we have to take our first commercial break. And I, I encourage our uh, listeners to open a new tab and go to www.calgary.ca slash city council slash word eight and uh, learn more about uh, Councillor Evan Wally and his ward. Uh, we will meet you here on the other side of the commercials. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back with my guest, Evan Wally, uh, Counselor Ward 8, City of Calgary. Evan, are you okay so far? I, I think so. Am I doing yeah, a good yeah, job? Yeah, yeah, you're doing an awesome job. But uh, you know what? It, enough with this fluffy crap. <laughs> and let's take some gloves off. Um, so you were eight when we had uh, here in 1988 the Winter Olympics. Any memories from those days? I have basically one memory of Heidi and Howdy. They were our Olympic mascots. Okay. Uh, coming to my elementary school. Uh, uh and it's just this very, it's I guess a vivid memory, but a very short one. Um, you don't remember Eddie the Eagle? I don't or the remember. the Jamaican I mean, bobsled? I, re- I mean, I remember that movie, the movie, the Jamaican <laughs> Bob's uh, Cool Runnings, the movie. But again, I was eight years old and I, I wish I remembered more, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And you know where this question is leading. I do. Okay. So in the last month and a half, every uh, business owner, entrepreneur, and even one of your colleagues... I asked them the same question. Should we or should we not bid for to host the 2026 Winter Olympics? And I'm asking you now this question. Um, and now I'm going to test whether you're a politician yeah. or a citizen. Yeah. <laughs> the For the very first time ever being undertaken, most cities, when they make a decision to bid, they just make a decision to bid. And for the first time for any city, we are actually making, there's a pre-bid process, which is, do we have the capacity, should we bid before making the decision to bid? And uh, I've been open through that process. I've actually been reasonably agnostic on it. Um, As we've gone through this process though, more and more for me, uh, it's shaping up to be a yes, we should bid. Um, There are, obviously a certain amount of risks to bidding there are is a history um in olympics of losing money um and so there's a bunch of risks that we look at but every actions that we do especially on entrepreneurs are constantly taking risks um are the risks manageable how do you mitigate um and uh, we're doing a bunch of that work now but for me signs uh, are pointing towards absolutely yes, we should bid. 
You know, it's interesting that you say that, and I'm very happy to hear that, I have to admit, because um, it seems to me, and people that I talk with, that we're kind, kind of being, um, you know, uh, sent by counsel a message of a scare tactic almost. Tactics almost. Oh, it's going to cost $4 billion. It's going to be 4.2. Look at what happened in Sochi. Look at what happened. We're not Sochi. Like, Sochi didn't cost $50 billion just because that was the cost of the Olympics. There was it something else. To. It, it didn't it, have to. Yeah, it's, something else happened there. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at, and let's play math a little bit. Yeah. If you look at, let's say, let's call it 4.2, 4.5 billion. Yeah. And we know the IOC is giving just shy of a billion dollars to every hosting city. Yeah. Right? So we are now at three and a half billion. And we know for a fact that Bell paid for Vancouver almost a billion dollars to be the, the sole sponsor. And we know that the federal and the provincial government will give something. Mm -hmm. The other thing is we have facilities that bring $120 million a year to the city, that's Windsport, that, that is Calgary Economic Development numbers, not mine. Mm -hmm. And we know those are aging. Yep. And we know to, we have to put money to keep those athletes coming here and spending the money here because they can go to Vancouver today. So why is it, if you look at the numbers, and, and the, the, the um, I, I would say the research shows that um, in 2026, our city GDP will be for about four billion bucks. If we have to invest today two billion, two and a half million billion to get four billion, why is it that you guys cannot make a decision? You guys were voted in to lead this city. Yeah. Why can't you make a fucking decision? Excuse my French. No. Here, here's the challenge of that process that we set up, and it's been uh, most cities when they decide to bid. They, they, they make a decision and they bring everybody with them. Part of the problem, part of the challenge of us doing this pre-due diligence, right, is, is that we haven't been able to hurrah everybody to it, right? And, and that's a part of due diligence. When we, when, when we went to Calgarians and we said, we're going to set up this process that's going to be a whole bunch of due diligence on the front end before we make that decision of whether we're going to bid. That allowed a lot of naysayers a lot of ground to be against it without us being able to really champion it, right? And that's been, a, it's been a problem of this process. That said, that said, is fronting this work and also really great project management is helping us de-risk any of the failures that we've seen in many other cities. I, I can't stand the comparison of Sochi. This is not that. Look at the comparison of Vancouver, right? If you ask if you ask Vancouverites vastly if they think that the Olympics was a good thing, oh, in retrospect, a hundred percent, a hundred like a hundred percent, they they think that this was a good thing for their city. They support this as much as they support to block the uh, the, the, the pipeline. The pipeline, right? And so uh, the opportunity here is just really, 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 really big. We have to remember that. These aging facilities that we have represent $650 million to go and fix them all up, right? Where are we going to get that money without a bid like this? The people's concern about one of the big tough throwaway costs, and it's not even a throwaway cost, is this cost of security, mm -hmm. right? And the cost of security is generally borne by the federal government because you know where that money goes? It goes to overtime wages, 
for yeah. RCMP from PEI and all over the country, right? And that, that is still money that's being injected into our national economy. Um, the opportunities for us to build infrastructure, never mind the the Calgary Economic Development, we've asked them to to give us some numbers on what that ad buy would be. The eyes of the world on this city for not only that 10 days, but for the seven years leading up to this, the the, the job creation, that uh, opportunities that we have uh, as part of Olympic bids, there's a lot of things that are lining up uh, to, to have a, to, for this to be a positive thing. You know, for me, I look back, and I wasn't here in 1988, but as we discussed earlier, 1988, Calgary was less than half, or less than 550,000. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are many other cities in the world that doubled or more than doubled in 25 years. And before 88, nobody knew where Calgary is. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So I, I don't understand why you guys kind of uh, make a decision to not make a decision, but yeah. to continue with the decision-making yeah. process. It seems that you guys in council, when I say you guys in yeah. council, don't make decisions. I'll throw another one at you as the secondary suites. Yeah. There was, I, I can't remember which radio station it was that they had, that Calgary City Council had the longest ever discussion over secondary suites yep. than any other city in Canada and maybe North America. Yeah. So what's going on with council? What's going on in, in, in those rooms? Well, I think this is, I mean, uh, <laughs> indecision in politicians is not a new thing. I mean, uh, the, the issue of secondary suites is one that I have long uh, had converse, had conversations and supported. Uh, we've made that decision. Finally, Thank finally God. made that decision. Um, but you know what? To a certain extent, uh, that's what that's what politics is about, right? And particularly at a city council level, we don't have a party that has a majority, right? Um, if you look at the party system at, at other levels of government, if you have a majority of the seats, you are able to really drive an agenda forward, right? At city council, we are individuals who represent, right, geographic areas. Uh, we have a weak mayoral system. Um, in other cities, the mayor, the power of the mayor is significantly more. Um, but your, your, your frustration is correct, right? So, so it's You're, not my frustration as well. Is Aren't you frustrated uh, sitting there when everyone is, like, looking at their own backyard without looking at the big picture? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, secondary suites is actually, and I've always said it. I mean, it's a, it's a prop, it's a property rights issue, right? Um, it's a property rights issue, and you're not. I'm not allowed to tell you what the coat, what what color, uh, what color coat of paint you should put on your fence, right? Uh, just like I shouldn't really, because fundamentally, a secondary suite is a stove in your basement, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Um, so, so going back to the Olympics, um, I understand that uh, there is one proposal, and I don't know if it was accepted, is it's already carved in stone or it's just a proposal to have a referendum and ask everybody. Yeah. I don't remember any other city that had a referendum on hosting Olympics. Uh, many, many, uh, many of the European cities do. But, but here's, my, uh, here's, my oppos- well, here's my challenge with the referendum. We just went through an election. I knocked on 46,000 doors. Uh, Talked to many, many constituents. Um, I often find uh, government. I mean, we don't got, we don't have a uh, have a history of governance through referendum. We are elected to make decisions. To exactly. your point about the frustrating thing, um, uh, and we had this conversation on the on the doors with many Calgarians. We're going through our due diligence right now. We will be making a decision on Olympics 
uh, in September, October. To bid. To bid or not to bid. But this, de this decision is forthcoming. We have a bunch of stage gates that we're going through. Uh, and I, I get your frustration that there seems like there's been so many votes on the Olympics. But this is a, this is a process and a staged process um, that is coming to a final vote in September, October. So there's no referendum. Well, you're right. I guess that depends. I mean, here's the, 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 the just the proposal for a referendum might be too late, right? If we well, need to make this decision, uh, there's there's other things at play outside of just... I want to take you to another level of the referendum thing is you heard the news in the last 24 hours. So there's a Canadian company that was involved in swaying votes in uh, Brexit. Yeah. So referendum doesn't just end up with, uh, okay, guys go and vote. A referendum has also a lot of people and, and companies that will come and influence. And we voted for you guys to make decisions. Yep. We voted for you guys. We gave you the mandate to give to make those decisions. Yep. So there's no, I would say, uh, you know, a subjective decision by one guy over the other. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I kind of voice a frustration because don't come back to me every two years for another referendum, another day. Just make a decision. I'll live with it. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I mean, this is this is part of that that electoral fear that politicians always have at times, which is the they get paralyzed by uh, they get paralyzed. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you that has uh, that I asked a lot of entrepreneurs, and I didn't think I'll ask a, a, a city councilor or a politician, but. Do you guys as a council and does the city has mission, vision and purpose? Like you see here on the wall, right? Yeah. Do yeah. you guys have it as a council mission, vision and purpose? Yes. Yes. And uh, everybody knows that. Our civic vision, which is which we laid out in Imagine Calgary, which is our hundred year vision for the city. The vision statement is a great place to make a living, a great place to make a life. Right? Oh. And that is our vision statement for this city. Um, we have long-term transportation plans, long-term uh, vision plans for different things that we do, whether it's water, um, transit, uh, planning and development. We have a municipal development plan, which is how the city is going to grow over 30 years. Um, so we do have a mission statement. I see. A city where our grandchildren's children can swim and fish in the Elbow and Bow Rivers. Interesting. So... Um do you think that a lot of, uh, or most, or all city employees kind of uh, live to that standard of mission vision? I think that the vast majority of, of employees at the city of Calgary come to work every day uh, to serve the public, um, to do their works, to provide for their family, and to make the city a better place. Um, not dissimilar to people that come to work in your company or other companies, right? Mm -hmm. They want the, they want your company to be successful. Uh, they want to provide for their families, and they want to go home every day um, and feel good about that. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question about council because mm -hmm. I still have that. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, I, I to be honest, I never went to any of the uh, uh, city council meetings, so yeah. I, I just live from from other people and from media. But it seems that. Um, there's a lot of drama, and some of you don't get along. It seems that there's kind of a rift between some people. Mm -hmm. Is it true, or we just we, we see things that you know are not exactly right? Yeah, it's not true. It's not true. I'm happy to hear that. You know, and it's interesting. And there are 
in politics, there are always uh, uh, one or two people who who work really, really hard to uh, polarize, right? Um, um, to polarize the city, to drive uh, unproductive debates. But I can tell you that there's 14 city councillors, the vast majority of us, even with significant ideological differences, we work together every day, uh, right? Because part of the, the, the core business that we do is we deliver services mm -hmm. and we build infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? And the majority of my colleagues on council, uh, we, wor we work really, really hard on that every day. We have very cordial relationships and we do good work. Well, I have one question um, to deal with the mayor. Mm -hmm. I hope you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. Again, it's what uh, I think Mayor Nancy did say it, and, and I know the media said it numerous times that this is going to be his last term. Mm -hmm. um, and t time will tell whether it's true or not, but let's assume that is he, that's the right uh, kind of uh, message. Yeah. Do you think, do you see a lot of uh, people trying to kind of uh, run for that job? I think any, I mean, if the mayor makes a decision not to run in 2021, I think you have, like in, in most open elections, you'll have many, many candidates running, right? Um, it, if he makes a decision to run, uh, you know, given, given the length of time that will be, I always say that there's kind of a best before date in a job in politics and in a lot of jobs, I think eight to 10 years, right? Um, I think uh, Prime Minister Harper went for one term too many. Previously in city council, you'd have three-year terms, and now we have four-year terms, mm -hmm. right? So you could do three, three-year terms, and then you got yourself at nine years, and you, you, you dust off your hands, and you call it a day. We had, right, now we have four-year terms. And right. so I think good judgment, my guess, and I have actually no idea where the mayor's head is at this, but that... Um, that uh, if he decides to run, it'll be a smaller field. If he decides not to run, you'll have a much bigger field. I see. It will be like the Republican 17 uh, candidates. It, exactly. It's like any 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 open race that you see, whether it's at the uh, for an MLA or for for a city councilor. Open races drive a lot of competition. Uh, by the way, there's one thing I disagree with you. In my opinion, Harper was one one too, uh, few. too few compared to what we have yeah. right now. But, but that's the, my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but but if you look at the public generally, right? If you look yeah. at how the public elect those people, <laughs> and know. But duly noted. So we reached our second commercial break, and once again during our commercial break, open a new tab: www.calgary.ca/slash/city-council/slash/ward-eight. Um, and I encourage you to follow Evan on Twitter and connect with him on Facebook and sign up for the Ward 8 News email. We'll meet you here at the other, other side of the commercial. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, 
self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into Taking Care of Business with David Wallach. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to dvwallach at gmail.com. That's D-I-V-I Wallach at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. We're back for the last portion of today's episodes of Taking Care of Business with my guest, Evan Woolley, Counselor Award 8, City of Calgary. Evan, before uh, we continue with uh, for the last uh, for the home stretch, I have a couple of uh, questions. You know, Alberta and specifically Calgary are going through tough times. It's We're getting into year four. Mm-hmm. How does City Council help this, the mid-size and the small business owners to survive if you consider according to Statistic Canada, mid-size and small businesses bring about 50 or 55% of tax and 50 or 55% of employment. Mm-hmm. So how do you, as a city council, you know, roll up your sleeves to help us survive? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's a great question. And, and um, I actually represent, so while I'm a city councillor, I represent half the downtown uh, in the Beltline. So a huge, a huge part of our downtown uh, I represent and have spent a significant amount of time working on. Uh, we've had lots of conversations about what is the role of municipal government, right? Um, and, and when you look at the other levels of government, and some some of our colleagues have said it's not really our job. Um, I've taken a, a, a bit of a different tact, uh, whether you're talking about infrastructure, uh, economic diversification, taxation, um, and the operating costs, right? Uh, and efficiencies within our own company. Uh, in terms of driving uh, that success. And um, it's been an ebb and flow conversation, but one that I've championed, uh, uh, particularly our, our business community and our downtown business community uh, over the last four years. So the city announced uh, recently, I think, uh, Economic Development Investment Fund of $100 million. How do you see uh, the committee that is responsible for spending the money spending this? It, you know, we we... And I was one of the champions of this, uh, along with our city manager, uh, in terms of developing this. We found a number of opportunities um, or a number of, of, of challenges that came up where we actually lost a company and we didn't have any uh, resources put aside to leverage if when those opportunities came up. Um, so we actually, uh, this economic development fund, which has $100 million in it, um, we used Kingston. Uh, as as uh, as as the kind of template for how we do it. So whether you're talking about uh, land, um, creative industries, uh, a whole bunch of different uh, principles within this fund um, to attract or retain or grow um, uh, our local 
our local economy, this fund is set aside to do that. We don't actually know what what those op- we have a sense of what those opportunities might be, but the fund we're going to have this kind of pilot year, where we've had these business leaders from across the city who are forming a wholly owned subsidiary, to watch. They have an intake process. Uh, they're going to watch and see what comes in. Um, the idea is though that in in um, in Kingston, for every one dollar. Uh, they leveraged three, right? And so what are the opportunities that we have to leverage this fund to create tax base, uh, to create employment, um, to leverage land, to do a whole bunch of different things? I see. Um, In 2018, and we're now at the end of the first quarter, what are your priorities? So... um, my priorities, uh, we focused a bunch of, uh, we, have a, we have four of them really, strengthening our economy, connecting our neighborhoods, which is about mobility, uh, the future of transportation in cities is going to transform them, um, reinvesting in infrastructure and in our communities. Um, when, times are, when times are tough, it's often a really good opportunity for us to build roads, build rec facilities, refurbish parks and community centers, uh, invest in our downtown, um, and then thoughtful development. Um, what is thoughtful development? How our neighborhoods are redeveloping. So cities, when they when they're when they're born, they start in the middle, and they grow out, and then they come back in and grow up and mm-hmm. out. And Calgary is actually in its kind of infancy in terms of redevelopment, and um, we can get a lot of tax base from a, a condo high rise being built or an office building being built uh, in our center city. Um, and so um, thoughtful conversations about Ensuring, uh, ensuring that that can happen uh, is something that I spend a lot of time on. Ward 8, my ward, sees more redevelopment than any other ward in the city. Um, that, that has a lot of pressures on communities right. in terms of infrastructure, in terms of height and density, um, but also uh, has seen wonderful opportunities come out of creation of tax base, bustling streets and businesses. Um, and so it's an important conversation that I, I particularly deal with, but that we're dealing with as a whole city. But those are kind of the focus areas um, that now, I, I'm zeroing in on. You, you started, uh, what, the elections were September, October? October. October. You yeah. started uh, a new uh, term, a second term, and you have another three and a half years. What are the biggest challenges you have as a counselor, not just in your ward, but in the city as a city as a whole? Hmm. Um, so we, as in the city, it's how do we, how are we going to take the infrastructure money that we have now and spend it? We're building the green line. This is the first subway going through the downtown. This is a huge project. Um, we have, are having conversations about a convention center, about a new arena, um, about, about a whole bunch of other infrastructure investments. We need to be really thoughtful about what those are and what is our what is our capacity to build those? So, what is your challenge as a person that is may has to make decisions? Um, unlimited wants and limited resources, right? Mm-hmm. So, the decisions about where we invest our money, it is it is a pie, and we do not have unlimited resources. So that we need to be very thoughtful and strategic about where we make those investments and the decisions, those are decisions that have to be made. You just ran, a, you mentioned you ran a campaign last year. So how do you measure your success and how do you, um, I would say, let other people know your successes? 
Um, but first, how do you measure your success? Well, I guess in this last campaign, I met my, I, met, I measured my success in in my my re-election. Uh, <laughs> and, and my and my formidable win in that election. Yeah, yeah, that's a really <laughs> um, one. But again, my success my success comes in conversations with with business leaders like you, uh, and with constituents and and community associations. Um, I have worked really hard to be accessible and and constantly be touching base. If I'm not doing a good job, David, I think you're going to let me know. Right? Um, we have a pretty good feedback loop, particularly in today's uh, social media world, about whether we're doing a good job or not. Right? And um, people are in, people in this in this city, particularly, are hyper engaged. Um, Calgary has a huge uh, a huge um, ratio of volunteerism and engagement, and uh, that's how I kind of measure my success day to day. But also we. We campaign on a platform of some very specific things, and I have a mandate to deliver on those things, and we're going to work hard to to succeed. If you had the opportunity uh, to change one or two things, what would you change? If I had the opportunity to change one or two things, what would that be? Um, I didn't promise you an easy question. Yeah, you know, and that, that's, uh, that's, that's not an easy question, but I guess I would change... Um, I think our our opportunity is in um, in diversifying our economy. Well, oil and gas will remain a foundation of our economy for years and years, decades to come. What is the next game in town, right? Um, what are the next pieces that are going to drive our economy uh, that are going to continue to uh, enable Calgary to, to see the successes that we've seen historically. Um, that's that's one thing, and I know that that's more more complex than it is, but to 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 participate in that is hugely important to me. Um, the next the next uh, any ideas by the way, which industries we should uh, pursue? Absolutely, I've been, we, we we failed with the Amazon, of course. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that was uh, w- w- there was an expectation that 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 wasn't we weren't going to win that bid, but that it was great. It was a great opportunity for us to gear up and learn how to compete. Uh, we are competing for talent and jobs with cities around the world, but we know that agribusiness, uh, financial industries, logistics, creative industries, tourism, um, Calgary actually has uh, quite a vibrant tech sector we have learned a lot by figuring out how to pull oil out of the ground for all of these decades how what is the re what, how do we readapt that knowledge into different industries mm-hmm. um, how would you describe your leadership style iron fisted no <laughs> um, you know it, it's it's, well, some, it's talking to your EA it's exactly the opposite <laughs> you know I I I, I I, in my job, have never considered myself to be one person. Um, I have a team of people uh, around me um, that I don't make decisions without consulting. And whether, uh, and that's a diverse team of people from, again, musicians and people involved in the music industry in Calgary to business leaders like yourself. Uh, we meet, you and I sit down tw- a couple of times a year um, to get feedback. Um, this is not an easy job. Uh, you're not successful in this job and in politics period by acting alone. And I think that my leadership style has always reflected that um, in 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 
in conversations before decisions. Evan, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? Um, I am interested and concerned and also excited about the opportunities of this massive generational shift that we see. Um, two years ago was the first time the millennials became a larger population cohort than boomers. And how we are going to adapt um, adapt and uh, transition this massive generational shift is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about, uh, talking about and trying to figure out it's an exciting it's an exciting thing, but also a hugely challenging thing uh, in terms of whether you're talking about HR mm-hmm. in companies, whether you're talking about the needs and aspirations of different of these different demographics. Um, it's something that keeps me up at night. Any regrets along this way? We're getting we're nearing the end of our show, so a few personal questions. Any regrets along the way? Um, I don't have any regrets. Nice. Um, you know, if I if you had today to sit and and uh, at the University of Carleton in Ottawa and talk to uh, the next generation of politicians, what are the one or two good advice pieces of advice you can share with them from your experience? Uh, work hard and be nice to people. I uh, my na- my neighbors actually have that sentence written somewhere. It's something I you. Work, working hard, hard work is something that was instilled at me at a really young age. And um, I think uh, that, that hard work is something that it should, everybody should be instilled in everybody at a very young age that we don't, um, uh, Abraham Lincoln has this interesting quote that I like, is that good things may come to those who wait, but only those things left behind by those who hustle, or only the things left behind by those who hustle. And I think a hustle is something um, that I that I do and that I would say to to everybody. <laughs> so, you went through a long journey from backpacking in Europe and the world, university, uh, film industry, movie, uh, marketing, energy, politics, politics. What have you learned about yourself through this journey? Um, that I guess I, I have learned. Um, that, that one of the best things you need to do is, is stay, stay, stay grounded, right? Take the bus, I always say, take the bus, take the bus every day and re- read the newspaper. Um, it's important to, to not separate your day-to-day life uh, from, from the day-to-day lives of regular, uh, 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 um, regular citizens. And uh, um, I work hard to do that. My last question. Uh, we're getting to the, uh, actually to the end of the show, so I have one more question. If I gave you an opportunity to meet two people, dead or alive, for lunch, who would you invite for lunch? And you don't have to pay like the one-offer <laughs> thing. Who would I take for lunch? Yeah, two people, dead or oh alive, goodness, that you want to really kind question. of uh, learn. Um, two people, dead or alive. Oh my goodness, Winston Churchill. Uh, Winston Churchill, um, Lester B. Pearson. I see. Any particular reason? Um, sure. Again, you the, have about the, 15 the, seconds. Those were political leaders that I thought that did an amazing job at shaping this world. 
So you watched The Darkest Tower, I guess. I haven't yet. Are you? But I'm going to. I've read me? bio. I've read. I've read numerous bios on Churchill. But I'm going to watch that movie. It's on my list. Are you kidding me? It's an amazing movie. I was uh, mesmerized to my chair for the movie. I got to yeah, get on yeah. it. I'll get on it tonight. Yeah, it's on your short bucket list. Evan, you know we reached the end of. Uh, the show. They reached the end of today's episode of Taking Care of Business. Thank you so much for uh, being my guest and uh, sharing uh, your experience as a counselor and in your ideas and philosophy and, and, and future thinking. I do, I do appreciate that. Uh, my Thank guest you. next week is Oliver uh, Bisner, uh, an entrepreneur as well as a McKay Forum chair. He will share with us his experience as an entrepreneur as well as consulting to other entrepreneurs. I would love to hear your feedback as well as uh, guest suggestions. My email is dvwallach at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, like us on Facebook, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you, Cassandra, our PR coordinator, and as usual, our, my loyal engineer, Aaron, living in Phoenix in the warm weather, not like here. We'll meet you here at www.voiceamerica.com slash variety next Tuesday, April 3rd, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Your host, David Wallach. Thank you for listening to Taking Care of Business. Please join David Wallach again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, make your week as great as you want it.